0: Welcome to Thoreau's Leaves, a podcast dedicated to the celebrated and lesser-known works of Henry David Thoreau. I'm your host, M. Allen Cunningham. Loon Checkers, from the chapter Brute Neighbors in Walden. As I was paddling along the north shore one very calm October afternoon, for such days especially they settle onto the lakes like the milkweed down, having looked in vain over the pond for a loon, suddenly one, sailing out from the shore toward the middle a few rods in front of me, set up his wild laugh and betrayed himself. I pursued with a paddle, and he dived, but when he came up I was nearer than before. He dived again, but I miscalculated the direction he would take, and we were fifty rods apart when he came to the surface this time, for I had helped to widen the interval. And again he laughed long and loud and with more reason than before. He maneuvered so cunningly that I could not get within half a dozen rods of him, Each time, when he came to the surface, turning his head this way and that, he coolly surveyed the water and the land, and apparently chose his course so that he might come up where there was the widest expanse of water and at the greatest distance from the boat. It was surprising how quickly he made up his mind and put his resolve into execution. He led me at once to the widest part of the pond and could not be driven from it. While he was thinking one thing in his brain, I was endeavoring to divine his thought in mine. It was a pretty game, played on the smooth surface of the pond, a man against a loon. Suddenly your adversary's checker disappears beneath the board, and the problem is to place yours nearest to where his will appear again. Sometimes he would come up unexpectedly on the opposite side of me, having apparently passed directly under the boat. So long-winded was he and so unweariable that when he had swum farthest he would immediately plunge again nevertheless. And then no wit could divine where in the deep pond beneath the smooth surface he might be speeding his way like a fish, for he had time and ability to visit the bottom of the pond in its deepest part. It is said that loons have been caught in the New York lakes 80 feet beneath the surface with hooks set for trout, the Walden is deeper than that. How surprised must the fishes be to see this ungainly visitor from another sphere speeding his way amid their schools? Yet he appeared to know his course as surely under the water as on the surface, and swam much faster there. Once or twice I saw a ripple where he approached the surface, just put his head out to reconnoiter, and instantly dived again. I found that it was as well for me to rest on my oars and wait his reappearing, as to endeavor to calculate where he would rise. For again and again, when I was straining my eyes over the surface one way, I would suddenly be startled by his unearthly laugh behind me. But why, after displaying so much cunning, did he invariably betray himself the moment he came up by that loud laugh? Did not his white breast enough betray him? He was indeed a silly loon, I thought. I could commonly hear the plash of the water when he came up, and so also detected him. But after an hour, he seemed as fresh as ever, dived as willingly, and swam yet farther than at first. It was surprising to see how serenely he sailed off with unruffled breast when he came to the surface, doing all the work with his webbed feet beneath. His usual note was this demoniac laughter, yet somewhat like that of a waterfowl. But occasionally, when he had balked me most successfully and come up a long way off, he uttered a long-drawn, unearthly howl, probably more like that of a wolf than any bird, as when a beast puts his muzzle to the ground and deliberately howls. This was his looning, perhaps the wildest sound that is ever heard here, making the woods ring far and wide. I concluded that he laughed in derision of my efforts, confident of his own resources. Though the sky was by this time overcast, the pond was so smooth that I could see where he broke the surface when I did not hear him. His white breast, the stillness of the air, and the smoothness of the water were all against him. At length, having come up fifty rods off, he uttered one of those prolonged howls, as if calling on the god of loons to aid him. And immediately there came a wind from the east and rippled the surface, and filled the whole air with misty rain. And I was impressed, as if it were the prayer of the loon answered, and his god was angry with me. And so I left him disappearing far away on the tumultuous surface. Thoreau's Leaves is read by M. Allen Cunningham and produced by Atelier 26 Books, publisher of Funny-Ass Thorough, the first-ever compendium of Thoreau's humor. Visit us at atelier26books.com. You can support this podcast at anchor.fm slash thoreau's leaves. Thank you for listening. So long for now.